0: Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine.
1: Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. Joining me today is, um, well, a fairly new friend to me, (laughs) um, Steve Bertel, who is a multi-award winning broadcast, social media, print media journalist, and published novelist. He is also the author of Dolphins of an Unjust Sea, and he's the newest member of the Christian Living Magazine family, with his debut article as our current cover story. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. And well, thank you for inviting me, and
2: thank you for inviting me into the Christian Living family.
1: You know, there's, that's, there's a story. Of course, anybody who knows me knows there's usually a story, <laughs> but you and I connected two or three years ago on social media, and I don't even remember. Somebody, some mutual friend, something in any way, One of us, it was probably me because I'm such a stalker. I sent a friend (laughs) request and you accepted graciously. And we kept saying we were going to meet, but we just didn't. And then earlier this this summer, I had a little bit of downtime, which is unusual. And I actually read. I had ordered when it first came out, Dolphins of an Unjust Sea. And it sat on my shelf. But I had a little downtime and I grabbed it and read it and did a social media review on it because it was so good. (laughs) And I think it caught you by surprise and uh, and you reached out to me, and ultimately it ended up with you and your beautiful wife, Marion, and I all meeting for coffee.
2: Thank you, yes,
1: I learned so much about you, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit, but at the end of the meeting, I asked you if you would consider praying about joining our little team and doing some interviews and helping our editor gay out by doing some some writing some future articles and I have to say, I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised i mean I never I always just give God my day and say, here I am, use me and whatever, you know, guide, guide the words of my mouth. And some days I'm wise enough to listen to that inner voice saying, don't say that. Um, but that day, um, I just was felt prompted to ask. But I was surprised when your answer, I believe, was I was hoping you'd ask. Yeah. And I just went, wow, win-win. So one of my favorite parts of your story um, is how you got started in journalism in high school.
2: Yeah, it started sort of by accident. Um even even as a child, uh growing up, um I um uh, I loved to write. Uh in fact, my mother passed away a few years ago. And being an only child, I had the responsibility of going through all of her stuff because moms mothers keep stuff from yes, their kids. We do. <laughs> and uh, as I was going through all the boxes and boxes of everything that, that she had kept, uh, you know, school papers from that I had written in the first grade, and you know, school projects and all this stuff, I found um, uh, on a piece of paper uh, a story that I had written. And I don't know if I was in the first grade then or even even prior to the first grade, uh, but it was three sentences, and uh, the sentences were mean aliens, it was a science fiction story, mean aliens from a faraway planet attacked the Earth and did all kinds of bad things. But Stevie, I put myself in the story, uh, Stevie fought the aliens and sent them back home. Now everyone in the world is happy. Three sentences. And I, I laughed when I saw that, but then I got to thinking about it later and I thought, even then, at whatever age I was, I was writing stories in the three-part or th- or three-act structure, I you know, it. beginning, middle, and end. And um, uh, you know, ever since then, you know, I, I, I feel that that God gave me the talent to write. And um, you know, I've I've always loved putting words together. You know, some people paint, some people do I don't know carpentry work. You know, I sit down in front of a typewriter, I used to type, uh, and now my computer. And I love putting words together and drawing pictures of or, – or, or putting pictures in people's minds. Um, but getting back to your question, uh, yeah, I, I kind of fell on it by accident. Um, in high school, uh, in the early 70s, uh, I took a civics class. And um, there was a, a county jail in the city where we used to live. Um, that there were some, I don't want to say corruption, but uh, shady dealings going on. And uh, I started, uh, uh, and and I asked my, my civics teacher if I could if I could do a profile of the county jail, because our, our assignment was to profile a city or a county agency. And some, some students did, you know, the library or others uh, wanted to profile public works. And I wanted to do the county jail because it kind of had this bad reputation. And the teacher was a little bit leery. He said, well, if you think you can pull it off, go for it, you know, but uh, I said, I may need some extra time. And he said, well, you know, if your, if your project is a day late, because it was like the thesis of that semester, uh, if your project is a day late, it's automatically going to go down a grade. And I said, okay, no problem. So I, I put the report together, um, talked to uh, a number of workers at the county jail, um, and then somehow word got out that I was working on this report, and I was you know, a senior in high school and I was still living at home at the time. And so people started calling me. It was like wives of inmates and former inmates and uh, That's so cool. I'm I, sorry to
1: interrupt, but <laughs> I'm thinking they're calling a high school kid. I know, but anyway, yeah. how cool. Anyway, keep going, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, for their no, direction. that's that's
2: quite all right. So anyway I put this report together and most of the reports that the other students in the class had put together were I don't know, eight, nine, ten pages long. Mine turned out to be almost 50 because all this information that I was getting. And so long story short, um, uh, I I did hand it in like a day or two later and I thought, okay, well, the highest grade I'm gonna get is a C, you know? And I'd be lucky to get a B. Um, And so I turned in the report. A few days later, the teacher gave us all of our reports back. And on the cover page, was he put A plus and he said, this is the best report I've ever seen. And that totally shocked me because I was just putting facts together. And um, uh, then a newspaper reporter who had actually tried to do an investigation on his own of the jail and was unsuccessful, um, he did a profile piece on me that turned out to be on the front page of the community newspaper and of course the internal affairs division of the sheriff's department and the sheriff's department kind of oversaw the jail then they got word of it so they did an internal affairs investigation and you know from this little high school report that i did it just kind of blew up and um the reporter uh, called me a short while later and I said, you know, hey, how would you like to be a reporter for my newspaper? And I said, wow, I'd, I'd really like that, but my parents and I are in the process of moving to Idaho. So I kind of lost touch with him, but then that always stuck in my mind that I could be a reporter. Um, so when, we, uh, when I moved up here with my parents, um, I applied at the Statesman, nothing happened there, uh, applied various other outlets, And I knew there was a radio station near where we had lived when we had lived up here years earlier. Uh, Walked in there, and I said, um, I'd like to be a news reporter for a radio station. I knew nothing about radio. And I interviewed with the program director, and as the Lord would have it, putting us in the right place at the right time, uh, they were just starting their news department. And they had a news director already in place, so they brought me on board as a news reporter. Uh, a few years later, the news director left. I took over as news director. Um, so I spent 10 years in radio um, as, a, as a news reporter and a news director, um, you know, uh, enterprising stories, uh, putting newscasts on the air, anchoring news, attending city council meetings, attending press conferences. So I really got my sea legs uh, as far as reporting then. Um, transitioned out of radio for a while, um, changed careers. Ten years later, got back into the media again uh, when there was an assignment manager position open at Channel Six.
1: So tell yeah. us what I have to ask because I love to know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. nosy, nosy Sandy. What what does an assignment editor do? Uh,
2: assignment man, assignment manager. editor, Sorry. assignment manager. Yep. There's several different terms there. It's uh, the assignment manager and the assignment desk is like an airport control tower of an airport. Um, And the assignment manager or or whoever happens to be running the desk at the time is kind of like the air traffic controller, Um, coordinating reporters in the field, uh, helping reporters out, um, solving problems, trying not to crash the airplanes together, um, and hoping by 4.59 everything comes together for the 5 o'clock news. So uh, it's uh, a study in multitasking, definitely.
1: No and no stress.
2: Yeah. No 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 stress, no stress at all.
1: So. so so how many how many combined years in media?
2: I'm sorry, how did I combine? No,
1: how many combined years? Because it sounds oh, like it, most of your adult life yeah, you've yeah, it uh,
2: It's most, 30 years, 10 years in radio and, and 20 in television. So once, once the media's in your blood, it's always kind of in your blood. And here we sit in a radio station.
1: So. It's funny because for years I always tell people, well, if I bleed, it's ink. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> totally. So looking back across the last 30 years, is there anything you'd do differently in your career? No.
2: Uh-uh. No, I'm very happy with my wife. Uh, with my life and my wife, and your wife, who's our studio audience today, um, happily married for 39 years. Um, I love my life. I love you know what you know the the, the creative gifts that the Lord has given me um, to write novels, to write magazine articles, to work on documentaries. Now that I'm you know retired and I have you know daily deadlines behind me. Um, I can, I can, um, um, participate in writing projects and create writing projects that, that I want to do.
1: So let's talk about that a little bit. So, um, so normally most of my reading, okay, all of my reading is serious reading. It's either industry reading or it's biblical studies. And to be honest, I can't tell you the last time I read a novel, um, but in June, my husband and I went to California to visit and help out with our new twincesses, um, who were preemies. And so on, in airing on the side of caution, we had to quarantine for a few days and then COVID test before we could see these sweet little babies and our son and, and daughter-in-law. And we were sequestered in this gorgeous Airbnb in Lake Arrowhead, California. And I knew we'd have spare time. And as I'm packing, there lay Dolphins of an Unjust Sea on my nightstand. And I thought, I'll take it. I probably won't read the whole thing, but at least I'll get an idea of what Steve's book is about. And so I threw it in my suitcase. And um, I knew that if I could just do some some light reading, it would help me unwind. I would forget work and and all of that. And I would get into grandma mode. Um, But what surprised me was I couldn't put it down. I think... Overnight, I got six hours of sleep, and first thing the next morning, I hit the button on the coffee maker and picked it back up. It was so good. Thank you. Um, But I do want to caution our readers. Um, It's a great novel, and it's got Christian undertones, but it is a secular novel talking largely about um, domestic abuse. So it's not it's not everyone's cup of tea and I don't want to mislead our readers that it's a, a Christian novel. It does have Christian undertones, which I thought was really delightful.
2: Yeah. It, it, it works on several different levels. Um, it's, um, it's a crime story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a crime procedural, uh, much the same as any, I don't know, law and order episode. Um, it works on, on another level in that it's a love story between the two characters. um, It's also kind of a horror story because, as you mentioned, it it talks about spousal abuse and child abuse, and it deals with with those issues. But it also has a very subtle Christian theme to it because I wanted to minister to a secular readership, um, especially with two Bible verses that that really came to me. One is Jeremiah 29.11. Uh, that says, as we know, um, the Lord says, "For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future." And as you read my novel, you'll see that you know, of course, the characters end up with a hope and a future. Um, and then Galatians 6:9 as well, which is a- another favorite uh, a Bible verse of mine. Let us not be weary in in, um, in doing good. Um, for the proper time uh, we'll reap the harvest if we don't give up. Mm -hmm. And there are times in in the novel where the characters, as you know from reading it, are kind of on the verge of giving up. Um, Their lives are at a dead end. They're in an environment that's not conducive uh, to a a solid home life. Uh, But they end up, um, especially for one character... He has a, a great future at the end.
1: Yeah, you you wrote it so well, and you're, thank you. You're you're an effective wordsmith, in that I could feel the hopelessness oh, of the characters. Thank you. The the you. empath heart that I have could actually feel. I had to remind myself this is fiction, um, because I could feel that. Yeah. I think that whenever I, I write
2: fiction, um, I look at um, you know how would this character react in a particular situation mm-hmm. or. Is this something that in, will intrigue the reader? Uh, and as a reader, why should I care about those particular characters? Yeah. Um, and I think um, uh, through this novel, and it's and it's a fiction novel. Some some people have asked me, well, is it based on any of the crime stories that you covered? You know, being in both radio news and 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 television news. And I say, no, it's it's totally fiction. It's totally made up. But um, um, yeah, the the I, I think. Writing succinctly and writing to the point where I I can intrigue the reader, again, comes from a lot of my journalism background because writing for both radio and television, you have to write succinctly. Um, You have to, to grab that viewer who normally is maybe watching television news while they're cooking breakfast or cooking dinner or whatnot and just kind of halfway paying attention to what's on the television screen you have to put together words in such a way to really grab that reader's attention or that viewer's attention and really bring them in uh, and get their attention really quick.
1: That's, and you do an excellent job at oh, that. Oh, thank you. But what I found interesting as I've talked to you and as, as I've um, just kind of done a little bit of digging and research is that Dolphins didn't start as a novel. You kind of worked it's, this one backwards. It started as a screenplay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah and um, a lot of novels develop into screenplays. Um, my, uh, even in my high school days and, and during the time when I was in radio and television too to a certain extent, um, my goal in life is to sell a screenplay. And I've kind of honed my screenwriting talent. Um, I've written like a dozen screenplays um, Hopefully someday I will market those screenplays. But as, as I was sitting in my home office uh, one day looking at my stack of screenplays going, I wonder if any of those screenplays would play as a book. And so I, I, I took Dolphins uh, of an Unjust Sea and started flipping through it and started writing it as a book. And in doing that, it kind of took on a life of its own. Um, and I started writing it backwards because, um, and and you've read the novel about halfway through the book is where, where the screenplay actually starts. And it goes forward from there. But as I was developing the characters, I was thinking to myself, what would motivate this character? Well, if this event happened, then maybe this event should happen. And, you know, I was working backwards. So... The first half of the novel is the backstory of the, of the characters, um, and then halfway through the novel, as I said, is where the screenplay picks up. So I may revise the screenplay. I may turn it into a mini series now that I have more, more backstory to work with. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's one of my goals in life is to, uh, to see my byline up there on the screen. Written by. Written by.
1: Written by Steve Bertel. Um, so it's how Sandy's mind works and you know me well enough now to know that sometimes my mind just does. Maybe you should have writing seminars.
2: That's a thought. Yeah.
1: Character development, plot yeah. development, yeah. things all kinds of you things. You know, I um yeah, I write Newspaper articles, I've never developed anything like that. First of all, I always marvel at anybody who has that level of imagination. I'm a pretty black and white, Mm fact-based person, and I always love, I have to to dig deep to find my inner child. I know that's hard to believe, but um, I I always marvel at somebody who has that level of imagination that they can develop articulately.
2: Yeah, and a lot of it comes from my, my broadcast days, again, both in radio and television because writing a news story, of course, is taking facts in front of you and putting them together to make a creative story. Um, And writing writing a novel is creating the facts yourself. And it's like creating a puzzle, putting puzzle pieces together where you've created the pieces. And you have to kind of fit them all together. Um, And again, it gets back to making it interesting enough for the reader to, you know, forget everything around him and focus on the story and the characters and the plot and what's gonna happen next and how is how does this character get out of the particular situation that I've put him in.
1: So. that's so cool. And and clearly, I mean, from your history and journalism um, your your cover story in Christian Living about Reverend Bill Roscoe at the Rescue Mission is proof in the pudding that you can write factual very well. But it, you know you're you're multi talented you. in that. But today you're retired, and I am. so outside of. Um, Writing feature articles for us. What What are your plans for retirement?
2: Well, uh, I've been retired about a year now, um, and I'm I'm still involved in writing. Um, I'm working on a documentary with um, some friends of mine that I used to work in television with. Um, writing more articles for Christian Living. Uh, I recently finished novel number two, and I get to hang out at home more often now with my with my lovely wife, and. Um, uh, we get to spend time together and and um, uh, and enjoy our our relationship. We've been married thirty nine years now, 39 so, or thirty nine and a half. 30, she and says. he stands
1: corrected. <laughs> I love I, cheering section from the the studio audience. <laughs> I love that. We should add Marion up in one of these chairs. Yes, yeah, there you go. That's great. Marion is delightful. If you ever get a chance to meet Stephen Marion, let me tell you. <laughs> So, Steve, where can our listeners go to learn more about your books or to even perhaps contact you?
2: Yeah, Uh, I self-published Dolphins of an Unjust Sea just to prove to myself that I could do it. Um, So, yes, it's available on Amazon and Kindle. And I, I published on those platforms because if you want to buy the paperback version, you can buy it on Amazon. If you wanted to buy the digital version and read it off your phone or or, or your digital device, uh, it's available on Kindle as well. Um, and uh, my email, as I've listed in my book, is stevebertel 65 at gmail.com. I love
1: it. So I, as you're talking about Kindle, I own a Kindle, but I'm so old school. I still love to read a novel. When, when I read the novel, I wanted the paperback, but I also selfishly – am developing quite a library of local authors of all sorts of different oh, things. Uh-huh, and yeah. my favorite thing is to have them signed. Yeah, so which, yeah. that was the and, day uh, that and we I've met I've signed for your coffee. novel as yep. well. <laughs> I, I'm not shy about it either. It's like, okay, you're local and I own your book. I need yeah, a signature, yeah. please. So yeah, um, but, but I have, I've outgrown my one shelf in my closet. I work in a bedroom in my home and there are shelves that line the closet instead of a hanging rack. And I've outgrown one shelf and, and gonna have to add some more shelving um, cause well
2: once novel no- number two publishes you'll have to have that on your shelf as well
1: I'll have to find some more oh that's me sorry mm-hmm. stop Um, I'll have to um, find some more free time may have to go see those twin again there you go so we are out of time Steve thank you so much for sharing a bit of well, your story well thank you I, I appreciate and, thank, and welcome to the family yeah thank you So this brings our time to an end for this week. If you'd like to read Steve's interview with Reverend Bill Roscoe of the Rescue Mission, you can pick up um, your copy in over 600 locations across all of southern Idaho or read us online at christianlivingmag.com. We do invite you back next week when we will have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless.
0: This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers, as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com. Or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867 Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.